Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome to another episode of the Russell Talk Podcast. I am Chopper Bequinell, and today I am joined by Tempest, my intangible co-host. And your jam that jam. And your jam that champion. Sorry. Forgot that bit. Mm-hmm. How you doing, bud? It's okay. I forgot to wear this on the NXT review this week. <laughs> <gasps> to be the fair. title? You forgot to, to wear it. To be fair, the title was at the office, and mm-hmm. I went home to do the NXT review That's because fair. I was doing it after a game my of Blood God. on the Clock Tower. God, you have no idea how much I've had to tra- traipse that title back and forth. Because mm. obviously I record all my green screen stuff at home. Right. And then Ooh. we do podcasts yeah, in here. It's, oh, it takes up so much room in my bag, mm-hmm. you know? It's a, it's a whole thing. I'm almost glad I'm not jammed that champion. Mm. That's not true. I want the title back mm. um, at some point. Not right now. Yeah, I'll let you have your reign. But in the mm. future, I'll, I'll, I'll get it at some point. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, we were talking about this before we, before we went on air today. That we have a weird seating situation in this yeah, studio, right? We sure do. Because on this side that I'm sitting on, this is where the stream deck is, where we control the stream, where we start recording, start the stream, change the, the scenes that you're seeing on the stream and all that jazz. Yeah. All of that's controlled on this side of the of the set. Uh, on the other side, there's not much. It's a seat. It's a microphone. It's it's everything but. I am the co-pilot, this. yes. Exactly, yes. Uh and we've realized there's a little bit of a hierarchy of seating here because there are people that will not move their seats. Mm-hmm. Those two people are Ollie and Luke. Mm. Ollie is always going to sit on the side that you're on yeah, because he will never run the stream. Right. He, he refuses. He's just like, no, that's not my job. I'll get everyone else to learn how to do a stream. I will remain ignorant forever. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke will always run a stream if he's on it. It's like the one person always tells lies, the, the only other tells <laughs> truths, but it's Ollie and Luke, yeah. right? Ollie will always sit on your side. Luke will always be on my side. So then depending who your co-host is, it depends on where you sit, because then I'm like one rung under that, because mm-hmm. if I'm doing a show with Ollie, I'll be on this side. If I'm doing a show with Luke, I'll be on that side. Same with you. But then also, if we do a show, I'll be on this side and you'll be on that side. But if yeah. you do a show with Ollie, then you'll be on this side and and Ollie will be on the other side. Oh, it's a whole thing. It it's is. like a hierarchy. It's like a totem pole mm-hmm. of where people sit. And I don't know what the more dominant seat is, you know? 
I don't know either. Is this the more dominant seat because you're running the stream? I don't know. Or is that is that the more dominant stream because you you can just sit back and relax? You're the you're the actual like you're the color commentator. Mm. Whereas this guy is the play by play. You know, like what's what's more important? I don't know. I'd mm. have to imagine that the seat with the the buttons is is probably the more important one. That's right. I am more important. You That's can't correct. do a show from this chair alone. That's you true. You can do a show from that chair alone. Mm, that's true. That's true. You've got a point. So what we're really saying is we're kicking Ollie off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly right. Uh, and then that also means, though, because I'm trying to think. Yeah, because then when Sullivan does a show with Luke, he's on the Ollie side. Mm-hmm. But then when he did the live reactions with Adam, he's on the Luke side. Yep. Because Adam doesn't know how to run streams either. Yeah. So Adam's in the Ollie chair. Cons- Adam and Ollie are in the are in the Ollie chairs all the time. What have they ever done for this company? I know, right? <laughs> they do nothing. God. Such lazy bones. All of those guys. Uh Anyway, yeah, that was just a weird thought that I had that we always mm-hmm. have to change seats around. Well, depending on who our co-hosts are, yeah, it's, it's like you sit down and you walk in, and it's like trying to pick which side of the bed you want to sleep on, and then you realize that that decision has been made for you. It's not your choice. It's never your choice. You do whichever one is going to make your partner less angry. Serious question. Yeah. Do you ever change sides of the bed, uh, or do you have a set side? Yeah, I, I I do. Because, as in, as in, if you were sleeping uh, in the bed with your partner, right? Uh, yes, we do change because uh, she will sleep on the side of the bed closer to the door. Right, but if you're in the same bed, if it, each no, night, then it's the same side. Correct. Right, so you don't just change because you no, feel that like a would change. be madness. I, I was gonna say because I was gonna say that's insanity. That would be insanity. Yeah, that's, I would that's lose crazy. my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. would. I would like roll off the side of the bed. Yeah. Or, or like wake up and put my shoes on the wrong feet, or mm-hmm. yeah, I would yeah, have yeah. a screw loose in my head for the rest of that day. For exactly, sure. yeah, because I, I I was going to kick up a hell of a stink if you just said no. We change sometimes. No, because that would be absolutely crazy. Yeah, because my my partner has to sleep closest to the door, mm-hmm. but that's more to do with claustrophobia, right? Because she's like, I'm t- I'm like if because the way our bed is done at the minute, it's wall on one side mm-hmm. and then open the other side, so. It's, yeah, she, she you gotta climb over you. Yeah, exactly. To get out. She can't yeah. sleep next to the wall because it's too like she feels it's too claustrophobic. So she has to sleep on the open side, which is the one nearer the door. Um, but yeah, on other times though, we swap sides because she was closer to the door that the other yeah. way around. It, yeah, it's a whole. Thing. I know how it'd be, but it, yeah. but it, it, it's like you said, it's just whatever's gonna make them happiest. Yep. I'll sleep wherever. Yep. Yeah, because I'm not fussed about where I sleep. Not I, terribly. I have no issues. No. Well, that's a lie. I have several issues sleeping, but I have no <laughs> issues with making my partner happy. Uh, well those done. Are, Pete. Those are unrelated things. Uh, we should probably talk about the show. Probably. I just realized that I'm still technically streaming to the back end, even though the stream has finished. Mm. I'd still press the button. This is irrelevant for the podcast. Let's talk about the show where we're going to be talking about is Kanosuke Takeshita the next breakout star in wrestling? Yes is the short answer, and yes is the long answer. Here's the show. (laughs) 
we are going to talk about Rampage. Specifically, we're going to talk about this opening match that we had of Eddie Kingston versus Konosuke Takeshita. Um, I have fallen in love with Takeshita ever since he's been on an AEW screen. Yep. Uh, the match he had against Jay Lethal, the match he had against Hangman, this match against Eddie Kingston when he was in the uh, Royal Rampage. All those times he's been on TV, I don't watch Dark or Dark Elevation. I know he's had a couple matches there. Not counting that. He wins those ones. He does win those ones. Uh, but this little opener right here just got announced of Eddie Kingston versus uh, Takeshita. And I was like, well, that's going to be awesome. And already Takeshita's had like a handful of matches on TV. And already I'm like, well, this guy's great, obviously. Yep. I've seen him enough times to know this is going to be a great match. And wouldn't you know it, it was a great match. It was so great, wasn't it? I loved it. I loved this match. And I love how they put together matches with a guy like Takeshita in general. Well, Takeshita is a perfect example of how to get a guy over in defeat. And earlier this year, we looked at someone like Wheeler Yuta as like, he had a great star-making performance in one match where mm. he lost. That's different than when you take a guy and Takeshita's not like... He's not now in the Blackpool Combat Club. There's no change in direction for him. That would make you think, well, now he's going to go on a run and win all these matches. No, he's just the guy that's getting beat, but he's the up-and-coming young star that none of the veterans are quite prepared for. So it's a little bit more effort needed mm -hmm. to beat him. Mm -hmm. And literally just having veteran wrestlers need to put in effort to beat a young guy shows that the young guy belongs. Yeah. It, I just, oh, I love it. It's so easy. And I love that through the progression of Takeshita's TV matches, it's now getting harder and harder for these people to pin him. Even though the quality or, you know, the perceived like ranking of those guys has sure. fluctuated. It's now getting harder and harder for them to just discount this guy. He's getting in more and more offense every match. Like, this match with Kingston, he went back and forth so many times. Like, there were times where Takeshita could have won this match. Like, mm. it was really, really close. Went back and forth. There were so many near falls towards the end. It might have got maybe a little no-selly for me at the end. But, you know, that's that's very minor criticism. Because it was just so much fun back and forth. There was, like, awesome, like, blue thunder bomb that he did spot was awesome. Loads of, like, backfist, loads of dodging, like, running high knees. Like, all sorts of stuff going on in this match. And it just culminated to a point where Kingston just hit him with two of the, his uh, spinning backfists. And, man, like, and the commentators were putting over that Kingston only, like, collapsed onto Takeshita. Right. And so, like, if he didn't collapse onto Takeshita, how fortunate for Kingston that he collapsed onto, onto him. Because if he didn't, he might not have got a pinfall victory there. Like, he wouldn't have been able to even get over to Takeshita to, to be able to get the pin. Like, it was... They did a really good job of putting over Takeshita. And I think it is insane that he hasn't won a TV match yet in yeah. AEW. And we're already like, this guy's amazing. And I think it just goes to show that you can really get someone over by making them look good in defeat. Because we mention that phrase all the time of looking good in defeat. Mm -hmm. But this is what it actually looks like. This is them doing it right. I, I think it, it's yielding such great results. I think so too, but I will ask, what do you think the direction for this guy ends up being? Because I think he would make a great champion in like Ring of Honor mm -hmm. or something like that. Like yeah. maybe not right now because they, they seem to have the card for Death Before Dishonor more or less kind of booked. But he, if he was your ROH TV champion or if he was your ROH pure champion or... Sought it. Have him be the one to beat Jonathan Gresham and become the next ROH world champion. He's so 
good that you could really build, maybe not build a whole promotion around him, that might be a stretch, but he would be the perfect kind of guy to be an attraction on one of those shows where you know if Takeshita's on the card, you're going to get a four and a half star match and he's going to be given time and he's going to have an awesome, awesome performance. And that's really what you want out of a Ring of Honor champion. Because that was how the Ring of Honor champion was portrayed for like 15 years until they stopped portraying them that way. Until Matt Taven won the title and stuff like that. <laughs> Not to just pick on Matt Taven. But I really Wrestle think... podcast friend Matt Taven, yeah. Yes. I just think they could do so much with this guy. And it could be that. I want to see him face Pac for the All-Atlantic Championship. Mm-hmm. I think that would be fantastic. I want to see him fight for the TNT Championship. Maybe win the TNT Championship. What do you think? I think, yeah, I, I don't think he should be winning gold now, but I think they can build a fantastic story building to a title win. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I think that there is so, there's so much, there's so many legs in this story. There's so much room for growth. There's so much legs mm-hmm. in this story. <laughs> What's the right phrase? There's There's so many possibilities for this guy that I think, He's someone that's so organically over. Someone who's so easy to like and yes. so easy to root for. He's so likable. So likable that you just need to stick him in a ring and people understand what he's going for. You build that into an, an organic underdog babyface story of him just chasing for a title and you know being beaten back every so often. And you have him lose high-profile matches like, like he's been doing, just losing high-profile matches. And then you insert him into a story where you have a heel champion who like cuts him off and then goes that little bit too far. He doesn't just beat him. He, he disrespects him, him. And he disrespects yeah. him. And then Takeshi's like, I'm not going to take that line down. And then he works his way back and then he beats him for the title. Like that, I think, is the best organic mm. way to get him over and have him win a title. I really like that because I really like this guy. <laughs> yeah. I can't stress enough that you say like, oh, you'll, you, you see what he's about in the ring. Mm. You got to follow this guy on Twitter. To really get a sense of like he's so fun mm. he's the guy that keeps going to like american fast food restaurants and everything and i just i love him he is like the wholesome most excellent respectful young baby face and if you have a moment that pushes him over the edge and i don't need him to to turn heel and be violent but just be defiant be mm-hmm. adamant that you're not going to be disrespected it'll give him like that next layer to his character and once you have that i think you can just be off and running really yeah i think so as well uh, at take soup <laughs> yes <laughs> go follow him he's great I love him um, great follow so i think not just well the title of this stream is unfortunately is to catch the aew's next breakout star but that's because i have a character limit what i really wanted to title this stream was is to catch the wrestling's next breakout star because i think yeah it is wrestling's next breakout star if he is portrayed in the way that we think he's capable of I think he has the potential to be the next breakout guy in the same way that I thought that Hook was the next breakout guy, mm-hmm. which has I think stalled. he has gone off the boil. Yeah, they, they haven't really done that much with Hook since. I would have made they... such an essay about how they were going right. to put the, the world title on Hook. And I was like, going to do it. But... Like He's not been ruined by no. any means. Like they is just not as hot as he once was. And he's right. still very good at what he does. It's just, there's not the organic following and need for him to do something 
that there was before. Whereas I think they have something here with Takeshita in a similar vein, where mm -hmm. fans really want to get behind this guy every time he appears. And I really think they should capitalize on that and push this guy into the stratosphere because that will create Wrestling Sex Breakout Star in the same way that Wheeler Yuta is now mega over mm -hmm. anywhere he goes because he had a really organic story with an amazing payoff and a star-making performance. That really is the key to all of this, is it needs to be organic. Yes. Because we've seen, even if they choose the right guy, it feels a little bit forced sometimes when the baby face just gets pushed. Mm. Even if the people like him, there's a different vibe to it when the people decide first and then the company goes, okay, all right, let's push that one. Mm -hmm. And I do think we kind of missed, we didn't miss the boat on Hook. That sounds way too harsh. And that's not what I mean. But if you were going to really push this guy hard right out the gate and really capitalize on an organic reaction, I think we have kind of missed that for mm -hmm. Hook. Yeah. And I think Takeshita is the next one to come along where there's kind of just this groundswell of organic support yeah. behind him. And I don't know if he's going to be wrestling's next breakout star because that's a high bar to to try and clear, but I think he can be AEW's next breakout star. Mm. If you look at guys that could just be given the TNT title next and have an awesome open challenge type run and have awesome matches on TV every single week, I think he is as perfect a candidate for that as they have right now. Mm -hmm. I absolutely agree. Uh, I, I cannot wait to see this guy more. I think he's fantastic every time he steps in the ring and I mean, he, and obviously, like we mentioned, this this was the opener of yep. Rampage uh, with Eddie Kingston. And on the flip side, let's just talk about Kingston for a little second, because obviously he got the big win here over Takeshita, which was a big win, weirdly, even though Takeshita hasn't won on TV yet. It still feels like a big win because that's what happens <laughs> when you make people look good in defeat. It just works. Yeah. Um, I, and then this is setting up uh, Kingston versus Jericho, which is going to happen at Fight Fest in a couple of weeks, on week two of that. Uh, and it is going to be Kingston versus Jericho mm -hmm. with JAS suspended in a shark cage mm -hmm. in a barbed wire death match. Mm -hmm. That's a, lot, a lot of nonsense. It's a lot of things happening. Yeah. It's very, um. you know what it is? Sports entertainment. That's what that is. Ah, well, so, I mean, well, I guess it's a bit this, of a mixture. A little bit. But the, the this is the shark the, cage this, I can't get past. Yeah. When was the last time we saw a good use of a shark cage? Oh, it was like good use? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I don't know if I would have as big a problem with the shark cage if they didn't have like the same spot in every single one where it's just guy in shark cage drops chain or brass knucks or, mm -hmm. or pipe or whatever down to their their guy oh it's mu it's much better when they break out of it and then immediately get big booted right? yes that's much better <laughs> but regardless like i just want this to be it i don't want this mm. story to go all the way to all out yep. or whatever their next big big blow off show mm -hmm. is going to be i think we've kind of run our course here with eddie kingston and chris jericho because god they've been doing this since like december yeah and it is now July, yeah. and I'm just kind of, it's run its course, I think. And it, honestly, if they just had Eddie Kingston, like, beat Jericho six ways from Sunday, split him open, make him bleed all over the mat at Blood and Guts, and then just beat him, I think that's fine. Yeah. I think it that's fine. fine. I don't think you needed to do the Cesaro, god damn it, 
Claudio. Yep. You don't think he needed to do the Claudio t- steals the win finish mm-hmm. from Eddie just to prolong this? I think you could have done Blood and Guts like a month later, had this month between Forbidden Door and Blood and Guts to do your Wheeler Yuta and Daniel Garcia, your stupid real Americans match that they just have to get out of the way for the people that want to see it, I guess. But do those matches in between that and not after, because I really do think Blood and Guts should be the blow-off of this sort of thing. I agree. I don't want to see them come back after Blood and Guts. Yeah, I agree. Like, I I feel like I was already, you know, a little bit checked out of this feud as is. Mm -hmm. I'm really hoping, because what I can see happening, which I really hope they don't, is they will have some sort of interference from JAS, despite being in the shark cage, which will lead to either Jericho getting the wing or Kingston like not being able to put Jericho away like he wants or whatever. And then they have another match at All Out, which will be the actual decider, which I really I really don't want him to do. Right. And I know we had this conversation at some point this year where we talked about how AEW storylines, the top ones, seem to be told very concisely. Like mm-hmm. the Punk and MJF story had a very clear starts the day or the week after full gear ends at revolution. Mm. That is a start and an end. Hangman, the Hangman Page storyline, again, very concisely told. But we'd said that like the mid-tier and lower tier AEW rivalries just kind of feel like they go on forever. Mm. Like the Matt Hardy, Orange Cassidy bit. Honestly, the whole best friends and undisputed elite thing went on a little too long. The Anna Jay and Ty Conti versus uh, uh, Penelope Ford and the Bunny Mm -hmm. went on seemingly forever. And I was willing to let that slide when it's the lower ones that just kind of like fill out Rampage and you Mm -hmm. need another match to get thrown in here. I'm not emotionally invested in it, so I'm not super bent out of shape. But this is a major rivalry. Yeah. And I feel like when the major rivalry, the focus of the show starts being drawn out, that's where I do start to lose interest in the show. Mm -hmm. And that's where I do have a problem with it. So I would like for this to to be done before it gets to this point. Yes, I totally uh, agree. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Shall we see what you guys think? Let's get into some of your ultra chats. Make sure to send those in at wrestletalk.com forward slash support. It's going to read out all the ones that are five US bucks and up by the time the show goes off the air on the topic of Kanosuke Takeshita. Uh, IV09M said, uh, what is Takeshita's contract status? Is he all elite? Also, what do you guys think about Hook's current direction or lack thereof? Hey, we spoke about that. Uh, thank you very much for all the great content. Hashtag jam that jam. Hashtag sack Vince. Amen. Um, Takeshita is a DDT talent on, I feel like excursion is the wrong word because it's like that, I feel like that term has kind of been coined by New Japan at yeah, this point. Yeah, almost a little bit, right? You know, it's like, oh, a young lion is going on excursion. And that's mm -hmm. basically exactly what this is. Like, he's a young guy in DDT who's in America on an excursion. So... Yeah, he's yeah. he's one of those guys where you loan him to another promotion, and I want to see more of that in yeah. general. Yeah, he's on loan. Yeah, That's he's on loan from DDT. Yeah, uh, good for him. Uh, Nate S said, uh, Takeshita is what Jungle Boy was two years ago. That match was incredible. If there's a TV match of the year category, this should definitely be in the running. Eddie, of course, is the absolute best. He should be challenging for the title soon. I, I feel like I mildly agree with everything there. Mm -hmm. That being said, there have been some excellent TV matches. Yeah, I was going like to say. Like, we I, had I Young Bucks and is. the Lucha Brothers yeah. was a TV match. Mm -hmm. Wheeler Yuta and John Moxley was TV match. It might be my match of the year, honestly. Right? It's yeah. up there, if not. Yeah. But, like. It's perfect. TV wrestling's a very high bar at this mm, point. Uh, as far as him being Jungle Boy, I see the same sort of. I know what he's saying. Mm. You know, he's he's got that, you know boyish charm about him just yep. that good-natured baby face about him but yeah. i think he's a better wrestler than jungle boy was two years ago yeah I, i'll, I'll agree i don't think well. that's like controversial or a dig at jungle boy it's just, they're young they're allowed yeah. to to be a little green yeah and uh hey jungle green haha -ha. anywho um also Takeshi is quite young isn't he i think he's like 26 26 i believe Whew. yeah yeah, man. Young roster. He's, he is. He is a good wrestler. Uh, on the subject of, uh, should we do? 
You know what? Let's just do this other one first. We'll come back to Charles Berg. We'll do your one later after we've uh, reviewed SmackDown. Uh, Ristopher said, uh, Hey, lovely lads. Last night's Rampage was awesome. Thanks for watching SmackDown so I don't have to. Less than 15 minutes of wrestling on a two-hour show is insane to me. How can be? How can Pete... How can people be okay with spending money to see that live? What? Yeah. I watched this show on Fast Forward, and I'll... I'll, yeah, I'll I pay, like, half attention to SmackDown half yeah, the I time know. now. I, I know. I There's was there. There's less than 15 minutes mm -hmm. out of 120 on a wrestling show. You want to know something funny as well? When I was looking for news stories this morning, I went on to uh, Fight for Select on Patreon. Yeah. And you know they always put up the, here's tonight's plans yes. for this show. Uh, the tonight's plan was um, they had Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus in the main event, and someone in the comments I just happened to, to scroll past it and see it and say Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus in the main event. Hopefully that means we get a twenty minute banger. <laughs> oh, Ugh. I hope you weren't watching that show. Mm -hmm. God, yeah. But that's... okay, no, I'm sorry. If there's only one person, if that's the one person out there in the world. That wanted to see Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, that one person got screwed. Yeah, they did. And you know what? I feel bad for you, one person. Mm -hmm. I feel real bad for you, one Fightful Select sub subscriber. Yeah. WWE screwed you out of your time. Yeah. Should we talk about SmackDown? No, no. talk about Rampage first. I forgot what the order of this show. Talk about the rest of Rampage I don't first. Want to talk about SmackDown at all. We'll do we'll do the rest of your Ultra Chats later. Uh, let's talk about the rest of Rampage first. Yeah. So keep sending those in at WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Uh, we had a promo after that opener of Kingston and Takeshita. We had a promo from Athena and Chris Statlander, which I thought was pretty good. Good promo. TBS title. Quite I like these two a lot. Together. Yeah, I think it's really good. Yeah, I. Upon Athena coming into the company, I wouldn't have guessed, like, oh, yeah, put it with Chris Statlander. But no, it's not at all. working. Yeah. They have, like, a really unique but very good chemistry building, bouncing off of each other. And I thought they did a really good job of just being like, yeah, Jade, you're undefeated, but who you been beating? You haven't beat us. We're waiting for a shot. Chris Statlander saying, I've been here since the beginning, and I've helped build this women's promotion, and and I would like my shot. And Athena saying, I've been world champion almost everywhere I've been, and I'm great, and step up. And I'm really excited to see both of these matches. I don't know if either of them will beat her, but I wouldn't be upset at either of them. Do you think it will be a triple threat at All Out? Hmm. I don't hate it. No. I think that's a fun idea. I think that's a really fun idea. Because I think both Athena and Statlander have are good contenders to beat Jade for the title, and putting them both into a match with her, I think, will make people think like for the, probably one of the first times will make people go like, "Ooh, mm -hmm. maybe could Jade? Maybe Jade could lose in this match." Yeah. So I think I think that would lead to at least at least would lead to some strong intrigue heading into the match. I agree. Mm. Uh, we got a hook video package, uh, and then we got uh, the Gates of Agony. Versus Jonathan Gresham and Lee Moriarty. I haven't decided if I like this name or not. What, Gates of Agony? The Gates of Agony. I, hmm. It does feel I, a little bit wrestling name generator as It does. It does. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. But I also do think that they looked at the Authors of Pain and went, how yeah. can we get close to that? Mm -hmm. And Authors of Pain is just better? Yeah, it is. Gates. Gates of Agony. 
What I wrote down a different thing at first. Said I thought they were called something different. It wasn't Gates of Agony. It was something else. Get oh, it's Gates of Anarchy. Ah. That's what I wrote down. And then I realized it was an- Agony. And I was like, yeah. But like, they're Gates. At least they're authors. They're that the, makes sense. They're the they're the things that stop you from Agony. See, I think. <laughs> I, I think of like two other teams. I think of the Authors of Pain and I think of the Gorillas of Destiny, both mm-hmm. of which are better names than this. Yeah, you that's know? fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Regardless, I think they're a pretty good team. Yeah. Um, I like Khan a lot. He's great. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he really shined in this match, I thought. Uh, I like, so the, the whole point of this thing was to set up a Jonathan Gresham heel turn. He was to align with Tully Blanchard. Um,. And that was the whole uh, design of this match. So they had the, the promo last week where they shook hands. Commentators putting up, oh, maybe that handshake was a bit more than we realized. Uh, I thought there was a very, very good moment in this match because I knew that the heel turn was coming before I watched this match because I'd seen stuff before the show. Mm-hmm. So I was watching it with a different perspective to be like, how are they going to tease this thing that's coming? Right. There's one moment where Lee Moriarty goes to tag Gresham and Gresham gets distracted by Tully Blanchard, who's like mouthing off into side. So he goes over on the apron to like start mouthing off back to Tully Blanchard and misses the tag from Moriarty. And I'm like, that's really clever because you could totally play that off as, oh, we just got distracted by Tully Blanchard. But actually, in reality, he's about to turn heel and he purposefully missed the tag from him. And I was like, that's really mm-hmm. clever. Uh, and then later on, Moriarty finally manages to get the tag on Gresham and he takes his hand away at the last second and openly turns heel, walks off the steps, leaves him by himself, hugs Tully Blanchard, officially joins him, and Gates Vagney just put away Moriarty. I liked all of this. Mm. You know, like I was I was excited to see Jonathan Gresham wrestle his TV debut, but if this is going I would also take Character progression for Jonathan Gresham. Yeah. Character progression for Jonathan Gresham. (laughs) (laughs) Bars. Anyway. Yeah. I think they really needed to kind of make up for lost time because they had his match against Dalton Castle in uh, Battle for the Belts and then really couldn't do anything with them afterwards because he was hurt. So really, you got to kind of speed this up a little bit. And if he's going to be like the wrestling leader of a faction with Tully Blanchard as the manager, these two guys, Toa Leona and Khan as the tag team, and Brian Cage as the big muscle, I don't hate that whatsoever. I think that is like a pretty perfect combo for Ring of Honor. Mm. Guys that can wrestle, guys that, with the exception of Brian Cage, are pretty much tied to the Ring of Honor brand. And you've got Tully Blanchard, who is kind of a wrestler's wrestler, tag team aficionado, manager of great wrestlers. I think this presentation really works. I don't know why the Lee Moriarty match is being scheduled for, like, next week. Yeah, why is it on Rampage? Why are we not just getting Jonathan Gresham against him at, ba- at, at uh, Death, Death Before Dishonor? Uh, maybe they think know. that's not a big enough match to sell the pay-per-view, but I don't then know. Why set it up like this? Yeah, I, like, I would have... It weird. It, the timing of everything is really strange, and I think they might just kind of be in a time crunch with this pay-per-view only like a couple weeks away, and... I don't know. They'll probably shoot an angle after that with, like, a bigger star than Lee Moriarty, but I would have been perfectly fine with Gresham and Moriarty just going out and having, like, a 25-minute excellent match to relaunch Ring of Honor Mm -hmm. as this new brand. 
I don't know. I don't if, know who they would rather have against Jonathan Gresham unless you bring in like Zack Sabre Jr. or something like that. That would be cool, but considering this is right in the middle of like G1 timing, I don't really see what the better option is going to be. Yeah, I, got, I don't know. I think we're just going to have to wait and see yeah. if they announce something. I could be totally wrong. Yeah, because then they'll announce someone and we go, yeah, no, that is actually it's better. No, actually yeah. Gresham against Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> And then yeah. we'll be like, all right, fair enough. Okay, fine, yeah. Tony Khan. I guess you still know how to book. I guess. And Danielson's return match against Gresham is fine. Oh, God. You know, Dan- Brian Danielson, ROH World Champion. Imagine. Uh, but yeah, I thought this was really good. Uh, we then had uh, Eddie Kingston promo saying that every uh, drop of blood spilt from Jericho is a sin and all that stuff. And he hated the stuff he did against Ruby Soho this week. And it was. It's Eddie Kingston at his I, best. It's great. I, I hated it too. Yeah. I hated what they did to, to Ruby Soho too. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. Um, this is a great promo. I love Eddie Kingston so much. And he he's... told he told Takeshita to say hi to Jun Akiyama for him. <clears throat> Japanese wrestling. I love it. I don't know what that means, but yeah, sure. Jun Akiyama, I believe, runs DDT now. He's like one of, he's one of the big stars of nineties all Japan. I'll take your word for it. Uh, we then had uh, Mercedes Martinez and Serena D versus Kayla Sparks and Christina Marie in a How Will They Coexist story, except not really, because they weren't supposed to coexist, really. It's just uh, Martinez and Dee trying to one-up each other constantly, trying to see just who could get the win mm-hmm. and who could just be a better wrestler. Uh, in the end, it was Serena Deeb who got the Serenity Lock for the win. After the, the match, she continued to get in the hold. Mercedes Martinez came over and like threw her off to be like, come on, we already won, just stop it. And then she turned on Mercedes Martinez and locked in the Serenity Lock on her. Looking like we're going to have Mercedes versus Serena Deep at Death Before Dishonor for the Ring of Honor women's title. Should be a fantastic match. Should be a great fun. Again, Um, I don't hate any of the presentation of what they've done with Death Before Dishonor. mm. I do think that the last few months have been kind of, all right, what is happening with Ring of Honor? It'll be like... Here's Samoa Joe, maybe. Here's Jay Lethal talking about Samoa Joe. And that'll kind of be it a lot of the time. But now that we're the month of the pay-per-view and we're actually getting some build and matches announced, I'm like, this sounds like a very fun card with a Ring of Honor roster that I'm interested in seeing. And everybody kind of fits their roles well. And I don't think you could have a better women's... ROH Women's World Championship match on this pay-per-view than this one. Like, it just fits. Everything feels like it fits. I wanted Ring of Honor to have a different feel than AEW, and I think it does. I think that's very important. That's true. I agree. I I do think it has a a different feel. That's good. Uh, We then had a promo from uh, Gresham and Blanchard. uh, Gresham kind of, like, officially announcing his heel turn and being Mm. like, you know, I've been overlooked for months since Ring of Honor's been bought. Now I'm going to put it back on the map, etc. You know, I'm not taking this anymore. I'm aligning with Telly Blanchard, etc. It was a good promo. Um, I think that's probably one of Gresham's underrated skills. I think everyone looks at his in-ring ability, but he's Mm -hmm. actually a pretty good promo as well. Yeah. He's real good. Um, Big fan. Then we have the main event. Orange Cassidy versus Tony Nese with Swerve Strickland also involved for his job somehow. Yeah. Didn't really, odd. didn't really understand this bit because it was Mark Sterling is representing Tony Nese who mm. had a thing going with Swerve Strickland. Also, Dan Housen was on Orange Cassidy's side with the best friends, yeah. which was fighting for the Swerve Strickland thing. He had a petition. Mm-hmm. 
the petition against Swerve Strickland. So pass. Pass. They just yeah. wanted to make it an acronym, I guess. Yeah. Surely you could have just done just called it against Swerve Strickland and called it ass. <laughs> it would have been Sign the better. ass. Sign the ass. Come on, it writes itself. He's a comedy character. And it, see, you could do a stupid comedy bit like that for a week. You could make it at least three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that weird story bit was strange. But this was a really good match. Yeah. Because this, I, I think you mentioned on your edited review that it was like, Surprised that this was the main event over Kingston Takeshita. But then by the end of this, it's like, totally fair. Yep. This was great. Uh, I think Tony Nese is fantastic. Like, we we obviously know that Orange Cassidy is great. We've seen him put on great matches all the time. I think Tony Nese really shined in this match. Mm. I think he looked really, really good coming out of it. And I think that a lot of people weren't too into the idea of Tony Nese winning because right. they, they don't want to see Orange Cassidy lose, obviously. And they went a bit quiet anytime Tony Nese was like on top or about to win or got a near fall. They were like, ah, we don't want to see him win. But then anytime like Cassidy kicked out and the match continued, they were like, oh, the match is continuing. Okay, this is yeah. awesome. <laughs> and then they like got back into it again. Yeah, so it was like, like okay. boo, Tony Nese, boo, we hate you. Yeah. We want to see you get your ass beat. It's like, please don't have Tony Nese beat Orange Cassidy. <laughs> <laughs> the shit. Uh, but regardless, I think he looked really good coming out of this match. And I hope that he does start to get a better reaction because I, I genuinely think he has earned it through a lot of his matches at this point. I think him being, you know, a really solid wrestler. I mm. think he's got such an upside on his, his in-ring stuff. Some of the things that he can do is absolutely unreal. Uh, but yeah, I thought this was really, really great. Went back and forth. He had some of the, the schmoz coming in with Mark Sonnen going to hit him with a clipboard. Dan Housen punches him in the penis. Mm -hmm. That is just such a great spot. It's it's not a low blow. It's a punch to the penis. Straight. Straight jab. Bang. Straight in the penis. It's great. Uh, and uh, Orange Cassidy hit the orange punch onto Tony Nese. Um brilliant orange punch what this sell. this was where i was like all right tony niece you've earned your paycheck right on this match with, what the, sell? with that cell mm. alone i was like because i was really sitting there going i hope he wins with like the beach break or something like that because i'm watching this match and i'm seeing michinoku drivers and and orange cassidy being dumped on his head and like you know pile driver-esque moves and i was like is this match gonna end with a punch <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is kind of how i felt with the Takeshita match as well mm -hmm. you know it was like all that and then a spinning back fist and i was like i know that's his finish but like mm, it's tough sometimes but this i, I love the back fist yeah i don't, I don't care yeah it's a, it's a minor thing yeah but in this one in particular i was like is he gonna win this match with a punch and then i saw that punch i was like that's the best punch i've ever seen <laughs> I'll let it slide. I'll let it slide. Yeah. This was a really fun main event. Mm -hmm. I thought this was one of Orange Cassidy's better TV matches that I've seen of late. Mm -hmm. And my deal with Tony Nese is complicated because I think over the last like year, maybe year and a half or so, we've of course really seen the AEW roster kind of like be elevated. Just the quality of performer, not to discount, you know, Many of the others who started with AEW, but I mean, come on, the roster now is objectively more loaded with talent than it was. And that does also kind of mean that maybe you want 
your lower end, lower end of the roster talent to also be better. So now, instead of seeing Peter Avalon get beat in, in all these matches, nothing against Peter Avalon, but now you're seeing Tony Nese and the quality of the match is just much better. And I don't hate Tony Nese in this role whatsoever. Because, like, I don't think Tony Nese necessarily needs to get, like, a big push at any point. The same way that I don't think, like, Matt Seidel ever really needs to get a push. But seeing Matt Seidel and Tony Nese as the guys losing and making other guys look better, I'm quite happy with that. Absolutely. I think, yeah, Nice has such an upside like that to where he, like like you said, he doesn't need to get like, you know, even a TNT title push or anything like that. Mm -hmm. He's just a guy that looks really good and wrestles really well so that when people beat him, you go, oh, it's good. Well yeah. done. You know, you put up a fight, but you won. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It's great. Uh, overall, good show. Enjoyed nothing it. you really need to go out of your way to see, but nothing you will be upset about having spent your time watching. Yeah, and I would even argue that you prob maybe could go out of your way to watch the Kingston to catch the match. Probably. I think it's pretty great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not like TV Match of the Year or anything like that, I'd say. No. Um, and nothing that really like built to... Well, I guess all the Ring of Honor stuff built to that, but mm. it depends on how much you care about Ring of Honor. Exactly. Uh, now, Tempest, it's our favorite time. <sighs> Time to talk about SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, this show... Sucked! It was really bad. This show is ass. <laughs> this show is 100% concentrated dog ass. And it pisses me off that I have to spend hours of my time every Saturday watching it. Yeah. It's, um... It's not good. It started off with a recap of Theory versus Lashley and Theory winning Money in the Bank. Then we had... We saw that it's Michael Cole and Corey Graves on commentary, and I was like, oh, so minus one right off God. the bat. Then <laughs> Roman Reigns came out and did his long entrance, and then we had an ad break. Yep. And I was like, nothing has happened on this show yet, and we've already had an ad break. Yep. Literally nothing has happened yet. It was like 15 minutes into this show before anything had happened. It's unreal. Like, just cancel SmackDown. <laughs> Fox, I'm begging you. Like, I know that that's not a realistic thing, and I don't want, like, the 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 people who actually work on SmackDown to lose their jobs, you know? Like, I, yeah. don't, I don't want anybody except, like, the people who run WWE to lose their jobs. Like, there are good people that work there, the video editors, the, the everybody, the camera people, the, the lighting, crew, the production stuff. crew, everybody. Yeah. They're awesome dudes and dudettes. I don't want any of them to lose their jobs. But hot damn, what is the purpose of this show? Can we at least just, like, change the day so we'd have to waste our Saturdays? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Why did it have to go back to Friday? <laughs> Stupid Fox. Why couldn't this be Thursday night SmackDown? Yeah, or, right. Or just Tuesday night SmackDown again? Oh, man. Yeah. Anyway, Theory came out on the stage while Roman Reigns was doing his entrance. And the commentators were like, is he going to cash in his money in the bank? Cut to ad break. <laughs> imagine if he did. The first money in the bank cash in to take place during an ad break. Can you imagine? Uh, they then had a promo segment, which, objectively speaking, mm -hmm. was a good promo. I would even class it as a great promo. Yeah. Paul Heyman is a very good promo. We all know this. Yes. Speaking the words, he's very good. If you don't look at it in a vacuum, though, this isn't great. Because mm -hmm. this is exactly, 
And I mean exactly the same build we had for Reigns versus Lesnar before. In that, Reigns is like, I can beat Lesnar, I'm great. And Heyman says, you should be scared because he's Brock Lesnar and he's really good. The difference is, though, that Reigns has already beaten Lesnar. So why is Paul Heyman like, oh, you should be scared of, uh, you should be scared of him, he's, he's really good. It's like, he already beat him clean! And the thing that's different in this story, that Reigns has beaten him already, and has both belts, isn't being mentioned or referenced in the story at all. They just copy-paste the story from the last time they did it. Smackdown is a rerun. <laughs> Evergreen tweet. Brock Lesnar hasn't beaten Roman Reigns in over four years. <laughs> Why is anyone concerned about this? I get it's Brock Lesnar, but like, <sighs> come on. You need some sort of new emotional significance you to give me any reason to care about this stupid feud. You need a... a progression in the story especially because the last match they had was the culmination of their story so yeah. if you're gonna have another match we really need to have a reason for it and just saying well it's gonna be the last one it's like well the last one should have been the last one no. why are you doing one more no the one they had like seven years ago should have been the last <laughs> one they should have quit yeah. while they were ahead did yeah, it no, once right. and have it be good you're right Oh, okay. uh, yeah. Yeah. This took ages, and it was fine. I want to give a big shout-out to uh, our mods who have put in per cage match. This episode of SmackDown had 13 minutes and 40 seconds of, of wrestling. Oh! Only Shinsuke Nakamura and Ludwig Kaiser went over five minutes. If you pay to go to SmackDown, you, sir, or ma'am, are a mark. <laughs> Like, they've stolen minutes. your money! <laughs> 13 minutes. I can't imagine going to SmackDown. That's unreal. After this promo, Theory came out and jogged around the ring. Mind games. We got a recap of the new Vicious Viking Bait. <clears throat> the new Vicious Viking Raiders. <laughs> the what? The new Vicious Viking Raiders. Uh-huh. Then we got a match of the new Vicious Viking Raiders versus Jinder Mahal and Shanky, where the new Vicious Viking Raiders were new and vicious. So I hear. Mm-hmm. That's what they tell me. That's, seriously, the commentary on this show is unbelievable. The amount of times they said new Vicious Viking Raiders. Uh, they, they beat Jinder Mahal and Shanky. Shanky was too busy dancing, so Jinder Mahal was by himself. They beat Jinder Mahal. Whoop-de-doo. What's the, the joke is that he dances? <laughs> It's 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 like the fascination they have with people laughing. It's the same thing. Yeah. Look at them. They laugh. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. The new day then came out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the new day then came out, and they did. It was a promo that lasted a good few minutes, of them being like, "Hey, look, you guys beat us up the last couple weeks, but it doesn't matter. It wasn't officially sanctioned." We've got ass-beating tickets. And it's like, eh, sure, whatever. It's a fun, fun joke. So we're going to beat your ass. Because you, you're beating us up, and we're not going to take it anymore. So they storm down to the ring, and they immediately get beaten up. They we're didn't even get a single move in. Take it. No, we're not going to take it. We're <laughs> done. See, 
it's really tough for me watching this in particular because the New Day are losers. They're geek Mm. losers that never win, but they're also the greatest stable in the history of wrestling. And WWE will promote them as such when they want to. Mm -hmm. When they don't want to, they're two geek losers that can't win. And did they ever get any sort of comeuppance for just fighting the brawling brutes for six months? They just probably three months, but stopped felt like wrestling them. Right? They just stopped wrestling them. They just were having their matches, going on a treadmill, and then they got off. They got off the carousel and went to a different ride where they will now get beat up by the new vicious Viking Raiders. One of which is named Eric. <laughs> Yeah, for you all can, you slapjack No, I can't. I really can't. There's a guy whose full ring name is Eric. Uh, that's good. We make superstars. We make superstars. Uh, I was convinced that this was a rib. Like, I felt like it had to Probably be. Probably is. With the amount that they- The whole bi- show's a rib. Like, with the amount that they built up the New Day being like, well, we're gonna- we're, Our time is now. We need to take back the ring. We're gonna beat your ass. And then- they died. It was great. Um, <clears throat> we then had a recap of Happy Corbin attacking Pat McAfee at Money in the Bank. We then got Happy Corbin on commentary, who at some point left, and I didn't mm. know when he left, because they didn't make a thing of, he's going now. At one point, he just wasn't there anymore. Um, but at one point, for this little promo, I thought he was funny for one yeah, bit. Yeah, this was the you know? most that Baron Corbin has made me laugh. He is a naturally charismatic funny person yeah he really is like i've watched him on a few like up up down down stuff right and he's a funny guy if you watch the the old breaking ground show they did in like the 2015 era of nxt yeah he's like a star of that show as just a very compelling charismatic individual with like an interesting character just being himself Mm. and they keep making him this chuckle master in his yeah. stupid hat i don't know man like him him here clearly like being able to to play around with the material a little bit mm-hmm. when shinsuke nakamura did his entrance and he was like i'm gonna make fun of how excited pat mcafee gets at his entrance he was really funny like really he really funny. overplayed it and it, that was the point it was really funny he was talking about how he wouldn't get drafted to like a garbage franchise like the indianapolis colts which is where pat mcafee played he had to go to a good team like the arizona cardinals and there were a lot of really funny moments mm-hmm. I just wish we could see them more often. Uh, yeah, can we not just have that sort of Corbin more often? Yeah. Anyway. What match was this for? Well, oh, this it was, was for, this, for the Shinsuke Nakamura-Walter yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, so Walter came out and said that he's not going to do an open challenge because if you start facing opponents and you don't know who they are before a match, you're an idiot. And I'm like, I mean, he's kind of right, but that's mm-hmm. not the point. Um, and uh, then Shinsuke Nakamura came out and said, all right. You're not going to do an open challenge. That's fine. I will earn my title match by facing Ludwig Kaiser instead, which is fine. I think that's mm-hmm. a decent I'm with you so match. far. I'm yep. with it. Uh, Nakamura then faced Kaiser. I've written in my notes. I looked away and Shinsuke won. So from the fact that this match went five minutes, yep. tells you all you need to know. Really, the highlight it was of the show. Whatever. Apparently, yeah, the longest wrestling match. This one, uh, Nakamura got the win with a Kinshasa after a few minutes. Cool. Uh, looks like we're going to go into a Nakamura Walter feud, which sounds good on paper. I wish know? I could be excited about it. I know, it. right? You know, I want to be excited for that, but I'm not really. 
Uh, one thing I did like, though, was after the match, uh, Walter was upset with Kaiser, being like, you m you're making me look bad by association. Like, I don't think he actually said those words, but that was the, the vibe yes. that you got from it, because he was all talking off mic. Um, and he was essentially, you know, shouting at Kaiser and just being like, get up, you know? You can't make me look bad like this. And then, chop to Kaiser. And Kaiser was like, oh, that really hurt. I didn't like that. And he was like, no, get up. And then he made him, like, stand with his hand so he couldn't even, like, protect himself from it. And then just hitting away at him. And I thought at first that they were going to do, like, a split angle between them. Mm -hmm. But I'm really glad that this is just an angle of Walter's character. This is much better than this that. This is yes. much better. Where he just kind of, like, beats him up a bit. He's like, don't lose. Yeah. Idiot. Otherwise you, you get chopped. Be, you will be punished if you lose. What's Love this? It. Actions having consequences. Wins and losses matter. It's like... <laughs> The one time they do it, they just like, oh, we'll just have him chop him afterwards. And it's like, immediately it makes it a real thing. Right? Immediately it makes my it so belt. much better. So much better. Just with that, having consequences for winning or losing yeah. is, it's not hard nope. to do that, you know? Um, we got a recap of Liv Morgan winning Money in the Bank and then cashing it in. Got Liv Morgan coming out and cutting a promo. Here's a question, because I didn't watch the, the Money Bank. Obviously, you did live reactions yes. for it. Why was Ronda okay with losing? Like, why did she hug Liv Morgan afterwards? Like, Liv came out and took advantage of an injured Ronda Rousey. Surely she'd be pissed that Liv Morgan was, like, taking advantage of her injury. I, you know? I ain't got a, an answer for you there, bud. All right. Uh, Liv Morgan came out and did a promo with Michael Cole being like, I'm so happy that I'm the champion. Because I'm Liv Morgan, and I'm always happy. This means so much to me, I'm really happy. Honestly. It's fine. Don't hate it. Yeah. Liv Morgan is another very likable individual. That and is seeing true. her be a very happy, positive champion, I'm like, I'll roll with this. Yeah. It was fine. I believe her when she speaks about wanting to be the women's champion. Yeah. I don't yeah, believe a believable. single thing that Ronda Rousey ever says. Not even a little bit. Do you know who else I don't believe? Who's that? Pete? It's Natalia, because Liv Morgan was saying, I've been dreaming about being the champion since I was a little girl. This is all I've ever wanted. Natalia then came out and had probably the most savage line that I've ever heard on WWE programming, right? Brace yourself for this one. Natalia came out, right? And she said, I can dream too of when you will shut up. Oh! Sick burn, Natty. Jesus! Calm down, Natty! That's, uh, she has feelings, man! This line sucked. Um, okay. I, like, here's here's my deal with Natalia. Mm. This podcast is just, here's my deal with this person. <laughs> my deal with Natalia is, I don't think Natalia is a bad wrestler. No. She's She fine. has... Good matches from time to time. Mm -hmm. She had that Charlotte match in NXT everyone likes to talk about. It was really good. I don't think there are less convincing wrestlers anywhere ever than Natalia. No part of her performance ever makes me believe whatever she's doing. If she's got someone in a hold... I don't believe that she's trying to hurt them because she's doing weird faces the whole time. All her promos are awful. None of them are believable. It's just, I don't know what it is. 
I don't know what it is about Natalia, but she doesn't make me believe she's human. Sorry. When she goes up on the turnbuckles and she says, yay, instead of yeah, that's where I, I realized that this is not a human. No. And I've not been able to look at her the same way since. And I've noticed more and more stuff. So I don't, I don't sports all that much, mm. but I've just seen a reference in the chat that I loved, which you might not get because it's about football, mm. you know, our one, not ah. your one. Uh, football. Football. That said that Natalia is the James Milner of WWE, <laughs> which is just so good. Right, he I is possibly the least charismatic person on the planet. Mm. <laughs> it's like there was even a parody account of James Milner. It might not. Was it a parody? Or was, <laughs> it, was it, or was his, it his actual Twitter? I can't remember. <laughs> oh, it's got, it's gotten too. It's too meta at this point. Where it was literally him, like you know, went out to get bread. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's yeah. like that level of charisma, you know. Right. Oh God, that's a that's a well done person in the chat that said that. Um, uh, they did. Uh, Ronda came out. Natalia did. Uh, they did promos. Uh, they did a little brawl after the ad break. It was Ronda Rousey versus Natalia. So this match that we got at Money in the Bank, we had a rematch here. Except this time, new dynamic on the match. There's a there's even a, re a reason for this rematch. Ronda not dressed to compete. Ronda's got a knee injury. You know, that changes the dynamic drastically from their Money in the Bank match, which might actually lend some intrigue to this match because Ronda won at Money in the Bank fairly handily, but there's a new dynamic on this one, so maybe Natalia can, you know, take advantage of that, that knee injury. Maybe she could get more offense in this match, but even get the win. That'd be, that'd be crazy. Uh, Temis, what happened in this match? Ronda Rousey squashed her. <laughs> How... <laughs> Backwards can you make this product? You take the regular match where Ronda goes in 100% and if they try and say, oh, she's got a back injury because of the sharpshooter, piss off. She goes in 100% of the pay-per-view, takes like 10 minutes to beat Natty, mm -hmm. can't do it, finally gets through it by the skin of her teeth, and now she's hurt. She goes in and just smokes her ass. I don't think Natalia got in a single move in this match. I, I could I can't comprehend someone looking at this and thinking it's okay. Yeah. I can't imagine this getting past editors and all that. It's just appalling. Yeah. And uh it to me, this is literally just like, okay, well, Natalia was built up for that one match with Ronda. Back down the card you go. See you later. Yeah. Thanks for coming. It's the same thing how like it, it's I think I said it on a show with Lori. When, when he and I were reviewing SmackDown last month where they did the beat the clock challenge before the match with Ronda and Charlotte at whatever pay-per-view that was. Mm. And they had Ronda beat Shotzi in like a minute 40. Yeah. And, all right, it's Ronda Rousey. She probably should be beating people in a minute 40. But then a month later, Shotzi comes out and just is beating up Ronda in a match. Mm -hmm. And it's a back and forth match that goes like, yeah. you know, six, seven minutes. Why? No, no difference. It's just you're not supposed to remember that. Yeah. You're not supposed Doesn't to remember matter. that the pay-per-view match was was Natalia getting the upper hand and holding it for like ten mm -hmm. minutes. Yeah, I I can't imagine watching this show. No, uh, Drew McIntyre did a promo. Yeah, uh, Max Dupree had the the tennis collection for the Maximum Male Models. Uh, I've seen a lot of people really really like this. I'm not one of those people. Um, I didn't hate it. Like it, it's still kind of the same thing as last week of like. Marseille and Mansoir come out and they were 
wearing vaguely tennis related things. They had tennis rackets, or one of them had a tennis racket. At both, least. both of them had. Oh, tennis both rackets. of them had tennis rackets. Like really old school tennis rackets. Yeah. Not current ones. Ones you'd never use today. These were made of wood, mm. not fiberglass. Like, from like the fifties. Yeah. Um, Carbon fiber. Yeah. Uh, and they just kind of posed for a bit, and you know, Maxi Pre did his thing of being like, "Look at this person." See, here's the problem. It's the same joke as last week. Their names are Marseille and Mansoir, mm-hmm. and they come out and they pose, and, yeah. and he's going to say titillate, hee-hee. Except this time, it's like they've got a list of vaguely sexual-sounding words for him to say. They're oozing. Forget what it is. He, they're oozing. Yeah, they, they like, he forgot what the words were, because they can't just let LA Knight cut promos. <laughs> You gotta have him reading off of cards, read like saying dialogue no one would ever say, mm. because he said like oozing, he, he said penetrating, mm-hmm. he said titillate the juices of your guilty pleasure, whatever the hell, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, I got it. It was funny the one time, but it's like every joke in WWE, they only have like one joke, and they run it into the ground over and over again. This is why we said last week that we would have liked. Like, it's fine as an introduction. Now, next week, come out in your tennis gear, make that your entrance, go to the ring, wrestle in it. Yep. I don't care about these guys doing a fashion show. No. Make them wrestlers. (laughs) If you just want to do fashion, open a fashion department. Christ. And granted, second week. Still not totally losing my mind on this. I will give them, like, another... One or two weeks before mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, scrap it. Do something, please. Yeah. Because I need there to be a point. It's, yeah, there's not really leading to anything. No. Um, I also love the commentary saying, well, an overwhelming response from the crowd here at Fort Worth while there was silence. Overwhelming apathy. Mm, yeah, that's what it is. Uh, we then got a recap of Theory running around the ring. Why do you need to recap that? Um... Theory then did a promo, and Madcap Moss was also there. No, what did he say, Pete? Honestly, I don't know. He said, he's got a big mouth. Pause. I bet I could fit that briefcase in there. Pause. I'm gonna try. (laughs) Cut! What?! (laughs) I did not know that's what he said! What? <laughs> Bro. Bro. Genuine, like, the the, the, the comedy oh, writers that are on the WWE staff. If I was a writer in Hollywood, if I was an executive, if I saw WWE on your CV, you're not getting the friggin' job! Christ almighty! <laughs> Ooh, which one person wrote this line? I need to know. Oh, God. Woo! It's got a big mouth. Better fit that briefcase in there. Uh, yeah. I'll try. <clears throat> we then were supposed to have Aaliyah and Lacey Evans versus Shayna Baszler and Shotzi. Uh, except that match didn't happen because Lacey Evans was too busy turning heel. Uh, because Aaliyah came out, fine, Lacey Evans came out, and she wasn't getting enough cheers. So she went back and came out again, and she wasn't getting enough cheers, so she came out, went back and came out again. And then she got a promo, and she was like, 
What the hell? Why aren't you cheering me more? I poured out my heart on TV. You guys know what I've been through. You should cheer me more. Uh, and then she said, I'm, I'm disgusted with all of you. By the way, this promo took about five minutes. I am yeah. paraphrasing massively. This this promo went round in circles about five times. Yeah, she redid her entrance three times. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, it's one of these shows. Oh, yeah. One of these episodes of SmackDown. Oh, yeah. I'm 13 minutes and 40 seconds of wrestling episodes of SmackDown. You know, I'm stunned they didn't play the full SmackDown intro for this one. Uh, yeah. That's what it felt like. It was one of these shows. Um, she did a long promo to essentially say nothing. Uh, she did a women's right to Aaliyah. And then she left. There wasn't a match for no reason. I will try and be positive and say that the character of Lacey Evans being upset that her tragic backstory is not cared about could have more legs than her as a baby face. Mm-hmm. Could. Could. Yeah. Could. It also feels like this whole thing has been a goddamn waste of time. Yes. Which is everything on this show. Yes. And it's, I, it bothers me to be like, wow, those were three great weeks of babyface promos. I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with Lacey Evans because this is the most I've ever cared about Lacey Evans. And the first thing they do is turn a heel. Mm. Like, they're incapable of booking a babyface. Yeah. They're incapable. They do not know how. I do not understand if this is the same company that once pushed Steve Austin, but, like, yeah. It's just a waste of time, and it's it's really depressing, because you know what? I do not enjoy Lacey Evans' work, and at least if she was getting cheered, that would be something. At least if she had, like, a cool backstory and really positive character, and she's doing a lot of things, that would be one thing, but I gotta see Lacey Evans just put people in rest holds now. And I'm not down with that. No. We'll see. Maybe she's been, maybe she's trained a lot in the last year while she was off. And I doubt it considering she was pregnant. But, you know, maybe she trained a lot trained during, a lot, you know. Yeah, you know, she trained a lot during the time when she was doing her comeback and she's really great now. She's going to have great matches. There's a possibility that it happens. I doubt it personally. We've got the Usos versus Los Lotharios in a championship contenders match. I love when commentary is like, <laughs> Los Lotharios win this match. Maybe they'll be in line for a championship match. Because you know what? You don't have to win one of these. You can. Doesn't matter. Remember Shotzi and Tegan? Or pardon me, Shotzi and Knox? Christ. Forgot that was a name. Yeah. Good God. Uh, also, I'd like to point out, on a positive note, this match started during an ad break. We didn't get an entrance for Los Lotharios. It's true. The Usos came out. It cuts when ad break. And when we came back, the match was already underway. Because there was too much wrestling on this show. Whoa! Like, I, I just want to make sure they're okay. Because they yeah. didn't do, you know, ad break, come back, the Usos are still in the ring, then we do like a backstage promo, then we come back, and then the Los Lotharios come mm. out, then there's like another ad break, and right. then the match starts. Like, I, Honestly, this is a vast improvement. This actually makes it feel like a genuine show. Yeah. It's better. It's not great. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. It's not bad. <laughs> um, it's a fine. It's <laughs> fine. Uh, the the Usos won. And then we got the worst journalist in the entire world. <laughs> Once again, being the worst journalist in the whole world. The stupidest, 
WWE character I think I may have ever seen. That's a bold claim. There's a lot of them. Yeah. But, like, I don't know if anyone's worse at their job on screen than Kayla Braxton. Yeah, nothing against her as a person. Mm. Not, a, not a fan. Yeah. I've seen her Twitter. Sure. I haven't. But her character is not good. No. Oof. Real bad. She spoke to the Usos, being like, hey, you guys suck. Uh, that's, that's, that's normally <laughs> so what she, she says. Uh, more or less. Well, <laughs> she, she came out, and she shows the clip of the shoulder being up at Money in the Bank. And yep. she's like, so, as I was saying, you guys basically got away with cheating. And they're like, uh, no, we didn't. You know, like, I mean, sure, if you call that cheating, then yeah, we cheated. But that's not on us. That's on the referee. Which is the truth! That's <laughs> actually 100% true. Why are the heels always the one telling the truth on this show? Yeah. God damn. It's real, it's real bad. It's yeah. Real bad. Oh, they, they probably said we the ones or something. That was it. They did. Uh, it also announced that there's going to be a special guest referee in their tag title match at SummerSlam with mm. a rematch against the Prophets. I don't know who that's going to be. I'm curious. Maybe Solo Sokoa. That's what I was thinking. I'm down for that. Could be cool. Yeah. More more introduction of, of interesting characters. Mm. I would like that. Uh, we then had the main event, which was promoted through the whole show, from before the show and all through it. Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. Whoever wins this match will face the undisputed Universal Champion, who might be Roman Reigns or could be anyone. Roman Reigns at Clash at the Castle. Okay, there's some stakes on this match. It's obvious that Drew's going to win, but there's some stakes on this match. <laughs> Drew McIntyre comes out. Sheamus comes out. Sheamus then fakes a coughing fit in the ring and says, I've got COVID. I need to get tested. It's not like six million people died from this thing or anything. No. You'd just be like, <coughs> oh, wrestling angle. Can't wrestle this week. COVID. I hate this company. I hate it. <clears throat> hate is a very strong word. It's so strong that they don't let you say it on WWE programming, mm. in fact. Yeah. But I hate this company. Uh... <laughs> Woo! Yeah, who This cares? wasn't good. This is so stupid. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want to get in the... We don't have time to get in the whole kit and caboodle of the whole, uh, you know, the false advertising debate again. Mm-hmm. Stop doing that. Yeah. It would be great. Yeah. You know, if anybody, the one person on Fightful Select really wanted to see this match, they got screwed. Yeah. Everyone in the building got screwed. Mm -hmm. Everybody watching on TV got screwed. Yep. For what? They're going to do this match next week? What do you mean? What do you mean for what? We got Drew McIntyre versus Butch. That lasted, oh, a minute. Drew McIntyre won. And again... You could just do Pete Dunne and Drew McIntyre. And you know what? I would love it. Pete Dunne versus Drew McIntyre at Clash of the at Castle? At Clash of the Castle! Oh, what match? You could do such a good... It's the same way that I can't care when Walter faces Ricochet or when Drew faces Sami Zayn or anything. Because they don't want to do good matches. They don't want to give people what they want. I don't know what they want to give you. They want to give you an ass beating. Like, they wanted... Like the New Day, right? Yeah, for God's sake. Like, it would be one thing if they, instead of doing Sheamus, they had this and, and Sheamus, like, left 
and then said, ha you got to wrestle this guy. And they had a great match and drew one. This was just their, their, this was their main event. They thought this was an adequate main event segment. And you know what? They are dead wrong. Yeah, because it was Drew McIntyre versus Butch. He won in about a minute. Rich Holland then tried to attack him afterwards, who he laid out with a future shot DDT. And then Sheamus tried to get in the ring and Drew McIntyre got his sword. And then Sheamus was on the apron being like, what? And then Drew McIntyre had his sword like right in front of him. And then we just had a kind of standoff for a little bit. And then Drew McIntyre kind of just very slowly raised the swords and Sheamus was just standing there for a little bit. And then as he swung the sword down, Sheamus stepped off. So he sliced the top rope. And then as he sliced the top rope, <laughs> the, the, the pyro went off as he sliced the top rope. You see, that's how pyro works. The top rope is actually a tripwire. <laughs> I don't know if you know that. If you break the top rope, there is an explosion every time. Listen, I've said we, this. We've I, seen this spot before, right? Of him slicing yes, the top rope. He's done this before. He did this when uh, he wasn't allowed in the battle royal or something. That sounds about right. You know, it was last year. Never got a follow up to that, by the way. And I said this from the beginning. This man. It's not going to stab someone. I need the sword to get out of the picture. Break the sword and have some heel get some heat. But he's been carrying around a sword for like a year and a half. He's the worst swordsman ever. He has a 0% success ratio with this stupid, stupid sword. He, he also apparently did it at WrestleMania. Cut the top rope at WrestleMania? Apparently. Interesting. Who was he facing? Baron Corbin. Madcap Moss? Happy Corbin? Yeah. See, I had the same conversation like a week ago where I was like, what has Drew McIntyre done this year? Mm -hmm. And the answer is feud with Baron Corbin. So, yeah, yeah. don't watch SmackDown, everyone. Oh. Erase your DVRs. Yeah, he's, uh, the, the people are saying that he did it at this year's Mania. A lot of people saying it. Well, shows how much I remember these Wild. things. Wild. Um, so, yeah, so their main event was Drew McIntyre versus Butch, which lasted a minute, and then yeah. the, the big go-home thing. The thing that they're going to make the crowd happy is him slicing a top rope and the pyro going off. Yeah. That is, I would argue, hilariously bad. Yeah. That is not a good a, a good way to end the show, nor is it a good show. No. That was a bad show. That's what I... Yeah. I call it a bad show. Yeah. Not good. Uh, one? 1. 1.5? Minus five stars. Sure. show sucks. It's really bad. show is so... This show ruins my day. <laughs> It's not. It's not good. It really ruins my day, though. Like it really does. I watch you it. You see the moderators. <laughs> the moderators, based off the comments of Tempest, have made this. Thank you, mods. We don't deserve you. Yeah. We truly don't. One hundred percent concentrated dog ass. Whew. Yeah. I love it. That's Thanks, mods. Right. Thanks, mods. We don't deserve you. Who was it that made that one? That was Andy. Thank you, Andy. Appreciate it. Wonderful stuff. We should say thank you. To some very special people. Those are our $25 and above pledge hammers over on our Patreon page. If you've not been to our Patreon page yet, you should. Patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. Loads of extra bonus content. Uh, right now, there's a poll going on for WrestleTalk Extra for this month for the show that's 
you, isn't it? Me and Luke. It's you and Luke. Yeah, Luke and I are doing Wrestle uh, Talk Extra. Ollie is busy for this month, so it's going to be Tempest and Luke reviewing a show. Uh, I believe currently in the lead is Bash at the Beach 96. Mm-hmm. Um, in second place currently is Battleground 2016. So it's kind of like a two-horse race between those two shows right now. So if you want to get your vote in, go to Patreon. Join I'm up. not going to hate either of those options. I think they're both going to be interesting for I, very different reasons. Very different reasons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's uh, a lot of really interesting stuff on that Battleground show as well. Yeah, I, there's like the best WWE Sami Zayn Kevin Owens matches on that show. Yeah, exactly. Because my thinking was it was like that's the thing immediately like right after the brand split right. is the Shield Triple Threat and that's all I could remember about it and I was like that has Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens on it. It's yeah. really good. There's a lot yeah. on that show that's mm. worth watching. Yeah, for sure. There's like a Bailey surprise call up on mm. that show. Yeah, of course. Before her her actual call up mm. after SummerSlam, she has which a surprise she, match on that show. Yeah, which uh, teams up with Banks, right? Yeah, her yeah. and Sasha and uh, I think Charlotte and, and Dana Brooke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, yeah. really fun show that. So either way, vote for what you want to see the most. Uh, we will review it. Yes. Uh, and if you pledge at the $25 or above tier, you get your own custom wrestling nickname and it gets run out on a show much like this one. So thank you to the true Alpha Wolf. Yeah. Uh, go. Sorry. I was I was saying things because I put on the Hall of Fame music. Not Eugene Andrew Dinsmore. Yeah. Andy Datsun's fetish, Timothy King. Yeah. Ari and Shafira, the Boozerweights. The Austin Nungano Escape. Yeah. The Shrock Master, Austin Shrock. Yeah. The Cyclone, Brandon Sires. Yeah, why do you still pay for these? <laughs> Shawn Michaels' biggest fan, Brett Guy. Yeah. Brian, Null, and Boyd. Yeah. Chris Hellfire Brimstone. Yeah. Infinite Crisis, Chris Jenkins. Yeah. And All-Star, Chuck Turner. Yeah. Thank you so much, all of our patron backers. We really do appreciate all of the support. Last chance to get in your ultra chats at wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Uh, We're going to go through all the ones that are five US bucks and up by the time the show goes off the air. I need to turn off the Hall of Fame music. I remembered this time. Uh, Nolan Eubank said, Hi, fellas. Just wanted to say I popped so hard when I saw that Tempest is in the UK. Now, LIW is absolutely for life. Uh, Takeshita is so damn fun to watch. I've only seen his work in AEW and Deadlock Pro, but I enjoy it every time, especially against Eddie. Jam that jam. He's a treasure. He is amazing. Uh, Spencer Trainer said, Hey boys, happy Saturday. Hope you're better today, Pete. Join the stream late, so I'm watching on catch-up. I love Takeshita, but what is his finisher exactly? I haven't seen him on Dark Elevation. Uh, I mean, he does like the, the the other bits. I believe that's a note from the moderators. Yes. Just saying that he uses Brain Buster and Blue Thunderbomb as setups. Uh, finished all of his Dark Wins with a Rising Knee Strike. Yeah, he, he attempted that Rising Knee Strike a few times against Eddie. So I believe mm-hmm. that's that would be his finisher, I'd yes. say. But. Whether it has been given a name yet, I do not know. But the that's... Knee! You know, like Daniel Bryan's yeah. one. Yeah. The Knee Plus. Yeah. The Knee that he used to beat John Cena at SummerSlam. That's what they did for ages, right? Oh, God. I yeah. hope I get to review that match at one point because there's a really stupid moment in that match that what, I What, the Cena Bryan one? Yeah. What happens? I, there's a moment where Bryan has Cena in an STF mm-hmm. and they start doing the Let's go, Cena, Cena sucks chance. And you know how every once in a while they'll do like 
a test of strength where they'll do that chant and they'll kind of like, mm -hmm. it'll go back and yeah. forth depending on the chant. Mm -hmm. This man, John Cena, was sticking his head in and out of the STF <laughs> with the <laughs> chants like a gopher. It's the dumbest thing. Like he's literally got it like a face lock on and he's like, let's go Cena, Cena sucks. Let's go Cena. It's <laughs> so dumb. It's so dumb. I love that match. That's... Stupid. Uh, I love it. Uh, Charles Berg says, As boring as SmackDown was, hearing Wood say that last week they did not have a good Viking experience was very funny. That was last week's show. Rampage was fine. Hell of an opener, followed by nothing noteworthy. Statlander was also funny. Jade Cargill, comma, that bitch. Have you That's seen the, the photos that she's posted on Twitter? Which ones? Uh, she posted some, just a photo shoot, basically. Her leg muscles are astounding. Downding. <laughs> like, she is the perfect specimen. Mm. If you wanted to chisel, like, a wrestler out of stone, mm -hmm. it would look like Jade Cargo. Oh, it's yeah. mind-blowing. Yeah. Uh, Riot DR said, Hey, yo. In regards to Roman versus Lesnar, I can't care anymore. We've seen everything. Just replace one, two. I can't believe he kicked out with eight, nine. I can't believe he's on his feet. On the AEW side, loving Takeshita, Eddie Pachamp, LAW for life. Thank you. I agree with all of those things. I agree too. Hector Rodriguez said, why is Natty getting involved here? She lost. She should get back in line. Ronda has the automatic rematch. They don't exist anymore. They, they told us. They told us they don't exist anymore. Don't you, <gasps> br don't you bring that here. Uh, Ronda has your automatic rematch because she was the previous champion. Also, Takeshita is the next international star for AEW. Maybe in the future, Speedball versus Takeshita for the X Division title. That is the best idea I've ever heard. <laughs> mm, that's good. That's a five-star match waiting to happen right there. Yeah. Uh, legit underboss said, Lord Tempest, to better help you with the James Milner reference, Natalia is the Jonathan Taos of wrestling. First of all, that's, that's, that is so not true. <laughs> uh, first of all, misspelled. It is pronounced Taves. Taves? Don't, I'm not going to blame you for that one because T-O-E-W-S probably shouldn't be pronounced Taves. Yeah, all right. But it is. I mean, I'm not going to speak on what the state of the Chicago Blackhawks organization is currently, but I mean, Jonathan Taves is like on the list of the 100 best NHL players of all time. Mm -hmm. Natalia is not. Mostly because she's not a hockey player, but she's also not on the list of the best wrestlers I mean, either. I will also say that James Milner is a very good footballer, mm -hmm. but just has no charisma. So it's, okay. not, it's, it's not the comparison of skill, I think. It's the sure. comparison of charisma levels. In that case, Natalia is all hockey players. <laughs> <laughs> All of them except for Ovechkin and P.K. Subban. In that case, I will take it back legit under boss. That mm. makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. So, Tempest. Yes? What have you been watching lately? What have I been watching? Mm. I, just last night finished the original show because you do kind of have to make that distinction I would like people to recognize me as a man of taste so when I say that I'm watching Cowboy Bebop mm -hmm. and I just finished Cowboy Bebop I do not mean whatever garbage they put on Netflix last year <laughs> no the original run of Cowboy Bebop I knew was great but had never watched it just mm -hmm. because there's a million shows that I know are great and haven't watched absolutely 
And I watched this one because it was short, only 26 episodes. Each of those episodes, like 20-some minutes. And that was a damn fine show. Mm-hmm. Oh, I loved that show. Like, I'm going through on Letterboxd and, like, putting ratings on stuff now just because, like, I needed something to do on the plane. So sure. I was just like, let me just archive every movie and show I've ever seen. And I'm leaving five-star movies and shows for, like, the great things that I've the seen. The Batman. The everything, all, everywhere, all at once. Right. Movies and shows that I'll be like, I feel so much better for having watched that movie. Mm, yeah. You know? Yeah. And there are fantastic movies and shows that I've given like four and a half stars to, mm-hmm. which I love. I think are fantastic movies. But I'm just like, they add a great amount to my life I don't know I watched Cowboy Bebop and I felt better for it Mm -hmm. I watched that and I was like that was a damn fine show that made me like look inward and be introspective and I just loved it it was uh, as I've gotten older and I watch more and more like Japanese media I really am starting to fall in love with like their story structures Mm -hmm. and everything just how it doesn't have to have a three-act structure and everything. It's just so good. Mm. Such a good show. And every character on that show is super memorable. Like, I've been trying to figure out who my favorite character was, and I was like, could literally be any of them. Any of the characters in the main cast could have been my favorite. At any point, I could have given a different answer. And that's how you know that all those characters are written well and written differently and are all given time to, like, not necessarily develop, because I don't think Edward in the show has a great amount of development, mm-hmm. but she's unique. Great show. What have you been watching? Uh, I We are making our way through Legend of Korra. Um, right. We finished the first season. Which the is good, good one. Yep. And we're a few episodes into season two. The bad one. The bad one. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're getting through it, and I, I have pre-warned my partner to be like, just, you know season isn't as good because i think she she quite enjoyed the mm-hmm. first season um which is good and you know what i had only watched cora once before all the way through mm-hmm. i'd watched little bits and pieces of it before a few times but all the way through i'd only watched it once completely so i didn't realize how much i'd forgotten about right. the first season of cora um and there's a lot of it that i really like that i can conf- i'd forgotten was in there mm-hmm. um spoilers for legend of cora season one not a huge fan of the love triangle I really don't yeah. think that works. Hey, Mako. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Um, and Bolin and and Cora. It's like a. I don't really think it adds anything yeah. to the season. It's just a bit weird. Um, I would have preferred if they'd have focused more on the like the injustice between Benders and non-Benders and how like that mm-hmm. that leads to oppression of like the non-Benders and stuff. I think that's a much more interesting story arc to have. Um, but I still think it's really good. There's a lot of upside to that first season. The unfortunate thing is, is you can tell it was supposed to be a one season show because mm. <laughs> it ends at such a perfect note. But well, that was a good finale. Yeah. What do you mean? There's three more seasons. <laughs> so, but it was really good. Uh, and also, we watched episode two, season one of The Witcher. Mm. Yes. I've been meaning to get around to watching The Witcher for a long time. I am falling in love with that show already. Wonderful. Oh, it's got. Such wonderful world building. I'm mm. such a fan. It's so easy to latch onto as a as a big D and D guy myself. It's so easy to latch onto that kind right. of fantasy. And when they add in little details of like, here's how magic works in this world, I'm like, I'm in. 
Mm. Yes, I'm all on board. It's like someone tried to try to cast a spell, and then their hand like all withered up and stuff. It said, "Well, it's a give and take. You have to, you know, destroy something. So make sure you're holding like a flower or something, and you can take the destruction from the flower when you cast a spell." It's like that makes sense. Mm. I like it. That's good. And I was like, I, I love that detail. That's that's great. Mm. So it's little things like that. Well, I'm like, I'm all in. Uh, and also, I'd heard a song a lot of Toss a Coin to Your Witcher. I'd heard that song a lot, a lot, a lot before because it's really good and catchy. Yeah. And turns out it's in episode two of the season. And there I was like, go. I know that song. <laughs> I know it. That's that's. And I started singing along to it. My partner was like, excuse me? Why are you mm-hmm. singing along to this song? I'm like, what? <laughs> I've heard this song a lot. It's really good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in love with it right now. I'm, I really want to watch more, but we can only watch it when both of us are free yeah, which is really difficult trouble. when when you know we, we each have quite varying schedules so yeah. yeah yeah it's a whole thing but it's fun i'm i'm enjoying both shows right now that we're into but we have a big old list to get through after these shows are done i need to make a list because mm. i'm currently now i finished cowboy bebop mm-hmm. and i i had watched like five episodes of attack on titan and mm-hmm. then i was just like i kind of lost it just because I moved and was yeah. really busy for a bit. Yeah. And I was like, all right, so what has happened in this show? I know what happens in the first couple episodes, like the kickoff events and what happens when they get to the new city and everything. But but who are these people? Why should I care? The finer details of their, their characters and everything. And I watched like a couple episodes last night. I kind of want to go home and watch more. Mm-hmm. So I might just, just steamroll through Attack on Titan. Although I say that because I started re- – I started – Attack on Titan again because I was unable to sign into my Amazon Prime account to watch The Boys Season 3. Oof. And I might do that first mm-hmm. because Attack on Titan is a lot longer than one season of The Boys. Yeah. And I really want to watch The Boys because mm-hmm. I didn't think Season 2 was like great. There were some really good moments and everything, but I thought it was a step back from Season 1. But then I've heard, like, nothing but good things about season three, and, like, you know, I know that The Boys is kind of, like, it's that show where shocking things happen, Mm. but where they're like, oh, you gotta watch the first episode. I was like, oh, God, what's happening now? Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh, my God, the finale is crazy. I was like, oh, God, what does that mean? I'm gonna spend the whole season just waiting for Homelander to snap or something like Mm -hmm. that and this is where all the people that are going to be like that's actually what happens in the first five minutes of the show i don't know i don't know so i gotta watch that as soon as i can sign into amazon i'll probably do that first Mm -hmm. but there's too many shows and i feel like i need to make a list i mean there's another show on amazon prime you could watch called the legend of vox machina yeah Uh, it's it's on there that's good it's only one season you know right now uh Maybe that, maybe that could be on your list. Uh, it, it, crazy, it, crazy idea. It could go on the list. Yeah, it'll make it'll go on the list to make you happy, Pete. It will make me very happy if you watch it. Um, I yeah. Some some of the things on our list, like Arcane, I really want to watch. Great show. Yeah, I I I'm that's high on my list. I think yeah. after after one of these, uh, what else do we want to watch? Uh, God, I can't remember any of them now. Naturally, my brain has gone kaput. Uh, there's Arcane. There was Witcher. There was. My friend's trying to get me to watch One Piece. Oh, There's... God, it's so long, though. Right? Oh, and he's so like, long. yeah, but you'll do it and you'll love it. And I'd be like, yeah, it's like, it's like 100,000 episodes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like someone saying, why don't you start watching Dragon Ball Z from the start? It's like, no, thanks. I did do that mm. and got like 20 episodes in. And I was like, There's so much mm-hmm. left. Yeah. There's it's, so it's much. a lot. 
It's a lot. It's like, I'll pick it back up when I have more time. Mm-hmm. And maybe now that I'm here, I will have more time to maybe. like watch things, just go home and just like crank out mm-hmm. a few episodes. Because like when I binge a show, I do kind of go nuts. Oh, yeah. I watched five seasons of Superstore in like four days. <laughs> <laughs> just because I didn't have to pay attention to any of it. Mm-hmm. Walk into the room. Oh, there's a joke. Walk yeah. out. My joke might be funny. Might not. I don't know. Yeah. Superstore is kind of like a six out of ten show, mm-hmm. you know. So I was just like, perfect fluff that I could and... put on. If it's a show, like I've tried to sit down and watch the Watchmen show mm-hmm. on HBO like yeah. six times because I'll watch one episode and be like, I need to take a break. Yeah, it's right? so dense mm-hmm. with content, and that's not bad by any means, but it's a different way that I have to watch it. Yeah. So that's also on the list, but it's a long list. It's kind of how I'm like with Stranger Things in that I watch one episode. I think honestly that's kind of just how i am with any show that has like an episode that's an hour right because i'm like i watch an hour and i'm like i can't just sit down and watch another hour like yeah. i need like a, i need a breather you know yeah. which is weird because i can watch a two-hour movie and i'm fine mm-hmm. but i don't know it's just the fact that it's two episodes yeah. i'm like i just need i just need a minute it's two different breathe. arcs two different right? beginning middle ends mm. for whatever that episode's arc is going to be yeah. and going through that process twice mm. is different than just going through it once for twice as long yeah yeah yeah, yeah maybe that's it yeah i'll i'll try and explain that next time <laughs> when my partner's just like i really want to watch the next episode and i'm like i, I need a breather i'm sorry and she's like but we won't have time if you take a breather i'm like i know maybe just the one episode tonight she's like but and then she'll get pouty. Um, never tell her I said that. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, I think that's probably going to do it for this episode of the Rest Stop Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We'll be back with more content soon. Uh, and uh, the, the, stay safe. Goodbye. Jam the jam. LOW for life. Yeah. Bye. Jam Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.